0: Welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight Podcast on the World of the Football Index. As always, I am your host, Austin Miller. Tom Robinson will be joining me in a second, but a very special edition of the Scouting Spotlight Podcast today because it's special guest time. And joining us on today's show is Adam Brandon from Chile. Adam, firstly, how are you? And s- the second part of the question is, is the player we're going to talk about today, Independiente del Valle's Moises Caicedo. Is he your favorite young player in world football right now? Hi Austin, thanks for having me on first
1: of all, yeah I'm doing fine thank you, Um, a little bit stressed, a bit too busy at the moment for my liking but um, yeah um, to answer your question, uh, yeah I I think Moises Cassell is is probably my my favourite young player in world football at the moment, very excited about him and very happy to be talking about him on today's episode.
0: Tom, do you feel special to know that Adam might have too much on his plate but still made time for us to talk about Moises Caicedo and join us on today's podcast? Because I sure do.
2: Well, yeah, I, th- I think it says more of his love of of, of Caicedo than maybe his love for, sure. for, for me or you. But um, no, he, um, it's it's great to have um, Adam on because I know that he's watched uh, a lot of games of of Caicedo, and he's. I think he's. I can speak for all of us in in terms of saying that he's he's someone that certainly this year is is really caught our caught our eye, and um, and is for me is is one of the most exciting and for his age as well, complete young midfielders um, in South America, let alone just Ecuador itself. So yeah, really, really looking forward to discussing this, this fantastic prospect.
0: So Adam, I will start with you. Um, Caicedo, 18 years old, as Tom said, uh, plays for Independiente del Valle. Um, Anybody who's followed South American football over the past few years will recognize that name well-known for their ability to develop young players and develop them well in Ecuador. Only played 14 professional matches, was an under-20 Libertadores champion uh, in the early part of this year. Um, as Tom said, he's primarily a midfield player, but Adam, he's quite versatile. So so why don't you take us through Caicedo as a player and what stood out to you in watching him so far?
1: Yeah, so Caicedo is, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people would say he's primarily a de- defensive midfielder. That's um, that's certainly where he played a lot of his football for Independiente at under-20 level. But it has been interesting to see, since he broke through into the senior side, he has been increasingly used in a more forward role. So, either centre midfield or even pushing on a little bit from centre midfield and in you know sometimes it looks like he's playing as an attacking midfielder and i think what's interesting is that when i wrote an article on him a few months ago now and um, at that point he only had you know about 5 or 6 professional games under his belt at that point i could actually see him maybe regressing into a centre back role rather than go yeah, progressing into an attacking midfield role. So it's been interesting to watch that development um, over sort of the last couple of months since football returned in in Ecuador. I think the one thing that really stands out about Quecedo is his passing ability he's played 52 minutes so far in the, in the Copper Libertadores, and and managed 30 passes without giving the ball away. And that is like something that we've seen in the Ecuadorian league as well. Like the last game, but he played the last, he played 102 minutes. So there was like 12 minutes injury time against Alcas. And in that game, he made 37 out of 37 passes, hundred percent ratio. And, you look at these passes and you think, maybe going into it, you think, oh, maybe he just kept it simple for the game. But when you look at the passing reel, you know, some of them are, you know, very difficult passes. And, you know, he's he's made them and he's got his team into very advanced positions on, on the field. So in that game against Alcazar, I saw where he made 37 passes, eight of them were forward. So, yeah, he's an elite passer of the ball. First of all, I would say that, but also his positioning sense and his reading of the game is is also, you know, potentially elite level as well. I think Tom would agree with me on that.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, as you said, you know, em- immediately your, your thoughts when it comes to his passing is that he's just, you know, recycling possession at the base of midfield, just doing the simple things. But, you know, as you said, great range of passing, great reading of the game. And I think for me, as well as all the technical attributes that he's got, it is that mental side of his game. The, the, not only his personality and his leadership, because, you know, this is a kid who's, who stepped up to the first team and is quite happy to be asking for the ball the whole time, ordering his teammates around. And he's, you know, he's captain a lot of his sides at youth level and taking high pressure penalties and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, his obviously his intelligence and his his maturity to be able to play not only a really tough position at the base of midfield but as adam said to to be able to play further forward to have the possibility even to play further back um i think it just speaks a lot of his high football intelligence um and obviously he's got the technical and physical traits you know he's he's energetic and he's mobile and he's got great stamina which means he can play in all those positions i do think he he'll probably will be more of a, a deep-lying midfielder with the the possibility to sort of bomb on and, and and sort of be a box-to-box midfielder if needs be. But I think he he is that good on on the sort of mental, technical, and physical aspects of the game that you could see him carving out a role in in any one of those positions depending on the needs of the side. So yeah, there's there's a lot to be excited um, about, and he, you know he's even got a good shot from range as he showed in the Libertadores so there's there's something that he could, there's pretty much nothing that he he, he can't do um so it, it's going to be fantastic to see kind of where he ends up and like you know, both on the pitch and, and at which club as well
1: yeah both of his goals so far in professional football were from outside of the box and very clean strikes mm-hmm. as well
0: Adam, and I think one of the things that you touched upon in that article that you mentioned, and I would certainly encourage all the listeners to go check that out on the World Football Index website, is the culture that he's coming up in as well. Um, As we said, Independiente del Valle have been incredibly successful in South America uh, on a continental level. Um, They've not yet lifted an Ecuadorian title, but it, it certainly feels like that is coming at some point for them. Uh, they won the Sudamericana last year. They made the Libertadores final in 2016. They've been consistent protagonists in South America on the continent, and they've developed a reputation for developing players and developing them in the right way and kind of the full approach um, to both them on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well. And so as a potential buying club, um, we saw AC Milan get linked with Caicedo this past week. Uh, We we certainly don't know how significant that link may be, but as a buying club, be it in Europe or be it maybe a, a big, big side in South America, when you buy a player from Independiente Del Valle, when you buy somebody like Caicedo, you know what you're getting and you know that you're getting a player who you're not necessarily going to have to iron out a lot of things when they join your, your club.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, um, I've also got an article on the World Football Index about Independiente de Ve. If you, if you want to find out more exactly how they go about things in Ecuadorian football and and kind of the club culture they've, they've created there. Yeah, and, and Caicedo, I think, is potentially the first world-class product to to come out of that world-class player should I say to come out of that environment and I think that was sort of the one thing that perhaps IDV had been missing in recent years is you know probably their most famous the most famous player to come out of there is Jefferson Montero can you think of anybody more famous than Montero Tom I think he would probably be the most well-known player no to have been produced from there?
2: Yeah, I think he probably would. You also had, um, I mean, certainly within South America, Jun- was Junior Sonosa there as well? And he always seemed to, to threaten to be something um, bigger than he's, he's probably turned
1: out to be. That's the thing, that they, they had kind of a few, didn't they, from that 2016 side that perhaps we expected them to have been at a better place than they are at the moment. But I think because there's such a learning culture at that club, at sort of all levels of the club, all levels of the hierarchy, is that I, I feel that over time, you know, the, the consistency of the quality of players that they will produce from there will just get better and better, because they will learn from sort of the perhaps the errors they've made in player development from the past. And I think with Ke- Keisoro, he may be the first of many really, really talented, potentially elite Players coming out of there. Yeah, I mean,
2: they really focus on not only picking up some of the best talent around um, the the cl- uh, the country, but they really sort of develop the right kind of personalities. They they put a, fo- a lot of focus on um, you know their their off the field studies and things like that as well, and, and getting the right people in as as well as the the right players. So um, yeah, certainly this seems like the the next step in their development as a, as a club and a producer of talent. And, you know, they've certainly got some of the best training facilities on the continent. So I think, yeah, as you said, certainly I wouldn't expect Caicedo to be the last player, but he, he feels like the the, the best um, to, to come out of there, especially when you consider how young he is and, and how little experience. I mean, initially I would have, the only thing holding holding me back from really waxing lyrical about him would be the fact that it's a it's a small sample size but every game you see him play those small doubts are kind of immediately washed away and you kind of think yeah I've only seen him a you know x amount of times but I've seen enough to know that he he is ready to to go on and be a protagonist um, at, at a big European club down the line. Austin do you do you think this is a, a guy who who could potentially go MLS or do you think he's someone who, who's going to go straight to,
0: to Europe? And if so, where would you like to see him go? I think he's definitely got a one-way ticket to Europe uh, at this point. I think uh, a move to MLS would be more sideways than it necessarily would be up. We've seen Ecuadorian players succeed in MLS. Uh, I think of Cifuentes at, at LAFC, who's who's carved himself a, a nice little role there. But a, as both you and Adam said, Caicedo is a player that every time you watch him, you you come away thinking, yeah, it was pretty good. You know, and he, and he stands out and he sticks out, and there is not a lot that kind of calls into question what his future will be and his ability to kind of play in in the midfield of a big team. Um, the question for me then is what is that move going to be? I mentioned it earlier. AC Milan are interested Adam and his piece on, on the world football index site mentioned that Caicedo himself has said that a future goal would be to play for Manchester United uh, following in the footsteps of course, of the famous Ecuadorian Valencia. That is probably a step too far for a player who's, you know, only played 14 professional matches in his career at this point. I think, He will probably stay in South America uh, for sure through the end of, of what is left of this 2020 season. Um, There is scheduled to be an under 20 Sudamericano at the start of 2021. If that happens, I think he's certainly a player who will become a protagonist in that competition. And then maybe looking towards the middle of 2021 is when you could actually see him move. Adam, Do you agree with me that he'll probably stay with IDV for at least a little while longer, not necessarily because he needs to, but just because of kind of the way everything is right now, that's probably the the best move for him. Or could you see a move imminent for, for
1: this player? I think definitely the best thing for him at the moment is to stay at Independiente de Ve because, you know, he's guaranteed game time there at the moment. And as Tom said, you know, for one thing you could say and you know, negatively about analysing Guesedo at the moment, he hasn't got that many minutes under his belt as a professional. Just needs to get that up, learn there in Ecuador. And, um, yeah, he's he's got very good coaches there. So it's not like he's losing out on too much coaching development at a club which maybe lacks in that department or something that you could say about some South American teams. And, you know, he would definitely benefit from better coaching in, in Europe. I don't, I don't feel that's, a, that's really something you can say about his situation. So, yeah, I, I'd be keen for him to stay certainly for the sort of the next few months um, the player has also said that you know he wants to win something with Independiente independent before he goes to Europe. So yeah I, I feel that I can see him maybe moving kind of the next European summer, I would say um, even if maybe he does a, sort of agree a deal with a club in the
0: next few months. And Tom, I think an important point to make here, and Adam certainly touched on it, is not only is he guaranteed minutes in this IDV side, but he's guaranteed important minutes. Uh, This is one of the best teams in Ecuador. They're expected to be fighting for an Ecuadorian title. They've had a hot start to the Libertadores, or at least they did in March. They won each of their first two matches in their group. Considering what we've seen from the other two sides in that Group A in Barcelona and Junior, it's a safe assumption to think that this is a Del Valle side that can get out of Group A, and the next thing you know, he's he's a player who's playing important knockout minutes in the Libertadores as an 18 year old, as a young kid like that, that can do wonders for his development as a player.
2: Certainly, uh, I think. IDV's start to the Luetadores has been phenomenal and and everything points to them getting out of that group like you said and I think we'd all like to see him playing more minutes at those top level um, and and high pressure scenarios that are going to be so good for his development and that certainly I think they're they're going to be one of the dark horses for the the tournament and and could go you know it it could have a decent run in, in the knockout stages for sure so I do take the point though that that uh, under 20 to Americano could bring some attention that, again, might see a club come in for him before he's able to really get as many games under his belt as I'm sure he would like. Um, but certainly that idea of maybe purchasing him and, and then allowing him to play the rest of the year with um, Independiente del would would be quite a nice compromise, I think. Because I think if clubs sleep on him too long then there's a real danger of missing out i mean i personally rather than someone like milan i think he would be quite a, a clever buy for maybe one of those sides that that impressed in in europe uh, last season um who maybe punched above their weight the atalanta's leon Sevilla, even even ajax where they know that their success is going to see a lot of their top players picked off and they have track records of developing youth you know he would be he would be a lovely fit there maybe not have quite the pressure of going in uh, a historical giant as it were. Um, so that's that's the kind of move that I think he would he would benefit most from but but certainly as with pretty much every player that we profile, I think there's there's a lot to be said for um, trying to remain in, in South America a bit longer and not jumping at the, at the first opportunity.
0: And Adam, one other point I wanted to make on Caicedo as as we start to wrap this up. His success at the under-20 level in South America for his club, uh, it's not something we talk a ton about, the under-20 Libertadores, uh, but it is definitely an important competition. So important for Independiente del Valle that actually in order to lift that trophy, they had Caicedo flying back and forth. Between Ecuador and Paraguay for that competition, and then also playing professionally, which is a crazy thing to even think about happening with the world with where it's at now. But that's how important this club viewed this player, and also how much of an emphasis they put on winning that under 20 Libertadores.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so even at that point, you know, he was being considered so key to basically two sides, um, you know, both the under 20 and, and the senior side. So, yeah, I, I in my article, I, I sort of made this little um, chart which basically shows (laughs) when he was flying to Paraguay, when he was flying to Ecuador. So, you know, he made that trip back and forth two or three times. So that that was kind of his breakthrough month, you know, from the, I think it was sort of mid-February to mid-March, where... Yeah, he he won the under twenty Libertadores, and he also you know made his debut for Independiente de Valle. He he got his first man of the match award in Ecuador, and he got his first professional goal. It was in that month, really, where you know the top European scouts would have already started to to have a look. You know, they must know about him. And I think it's just a matter of time before one of them probably does start trying to make a deal with Independiente de A. So, yeah, um, I feel that the best kind of move for him is definitely not going to MOS. Um, <laughs> I'll put that out there right now. Because um, I, I don't feel it's going back to my point earlier about coaching. I'm not convinced there's any coaching setup better in MOS than what he's currently got there in ecuador with idv so you know if, if he goes then he's got to go somewhere where if he's not playing every week and every minute like he is at the moment at least you know he's working with coaches to to improve their game because i would say there is a couple of things that he needs to work on um his first touch at times I've noticed it in recent weeks has let him down a little bit and also sort of close control dribbling. He could improve a little bit more with that because at the moment I feel that some of his touches are a little bit heavy and sometimes he gets away with it because, you know, he's fairly strong and agile. But um, maybe at European level, yeah, he, he won't get away with it so much. So, you know, there are still elements of his game that he needs to work on. And, yeah, I feel that... If I was to pick a club for him, I would pick Ajax in, in Holland. Yeah, you know, if, if I was advising him and he had the chance of any club in Europe to go to, I'd probably pick
0: Ajax in Holland. Adam, you're letting down your Norwich roots. I thought you would have picked Norwich for him.
1: Well, the only thing is I don't think we would be able to get a work permit for him. So yeah, I, I would I would pick Norwich and then maybe loan into Ajax, but I I'm not sure I'm not sure they would agree to that. A
2: nice <laughs> nice easy um, flight from Norwich to Amsterdam to be fair, and he yeah, can, yeah, he can exactly. stay in my spare bedroom if he wants. Um, there so, you go. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up. I mean, w- one thing that I I think we should quickly touch on as well is um, kind of the, the context of of young Ecuadorian midf- central midfielders at the moment because you know, the national team's in quite an interesting place with with a you know, a really good under twenty generation, sort of the the age group just above um Caicedo doing amazingly well and um and players like Jose Cifuentes, who I know Adam's also a big fan of, and players like Jordan Sierra as well, who who was another excellent young midfielder who's who's doing well, um just to name a couple there. What do we think is his National team trajectory, and and do we think the the recent uh, managerial change is going to work in his favour or potentially against him?
1: Yeah, well, I I think he'd be the first name on the team sheet for any Ecuador under twenty manager. I think what what is interesting is the strength in depth um, Ecuador have at the moment at, at youth level. You know, bad looking, very very strong contenders again in next year's under-20 South American Championships. Yeah, a player that maybe a lot of people have forgotten about, Tom, I feel, um, coming out of Ecuador was Emerson Espinosa, who was really, really impressive at just 17 years old in that 2019 South American Championship side. He was a bit overshadowed really by Cifuentes, who was a couple of years older but, you know, he, he's a player that you know, would still qualify for this under-20 South American Championships as well. and So he's a possible partner in, in, in midfield to uh, Caicedo. There's also Marco Angulo, who I'm pretty sure that we'll probably do a Scouting Spotlight pod on him one day in the, in the future as well. He's another Independiente de Valle product and, and another midfielder there who's got a lot of talent, but that versatility that I has got, then if, if, if they do feel they've got too many options in, in defensive midfield or center midfield, you know, I could see him maybe at that level being utilized either further forward or further back. Yeah. Um, I have to see their options, but you know, they're, they're pretty stacked everywhere at the moment from what I can see, apart from maybe, you know, a, a center striker for, for next year, um, but the squad is looking pretty strong
0: right well that will wrap it up for this edition of the scouting spotlight podcast a big thank you to adam for joining us on this episode thank you as always to tom for keeping me company uh be sure to follow the world football index on social media for all the latest from us thank you so much once again for listening and goodbye